Welcome to the Exec MBA Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Jimmy Anthony. Jimmy is a first-year student in our Executive MBA class of 2025, and he and I recently connected to talk more about his background, how he decided to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, how his first year in the Executive MBA program is going, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's my interview with Jimmy Anthony. Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited to do it. All right. Well, how's your day going? How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, I'm doing well. Um, have uh, just got back from OGR on Sunday night, um, but the office, we were closed yesterday for the holiday. And so had a nice day off to rest and recover before we came back today. So um, today is Monday for me, but I'm doing well. All right. Well, you're in the throes of quarter three, the shortest of all the quarters. I guess quarter nine is also equally short. I'll, I'll note that uh, you have that to look forward to in the elective period. But you're taking finance, accounting, leadership, communication, all in about six weeks or so. It's compressed. Yeah, yeah. it's a um, it is a lot. It's uh, fun. Uh, we actually have finals starting next week. And so um, this week is all about prep to get ready for that. Um, I've enjoyed it. It's, um, you know, a lot of material, it's, it's dense and you have to pay attention or something will get past you. Um, but I've really enjoyed the professors this, this quarter. Uh, they've had a lot of, uh, a lot of energy, a lot of personality. And so, um, you know, they keep it interesting. Um, it's kind of hard sometimes to keep, uh, to make discounted cash flows interesting, but they find a way, you know, so. Yeah, that's right. You've got, uh, Rich Evans, Shane DeColey, Lily yep. Powell. Yep. Yeah. Powerhouse uh, lineup. Um, did you have exposure to some of this stuff before you came into the program? How new is uh, finance, accounting, uh, leadership I, communication? Um, I did. So um, probably not as much on leadership communication formally. Um, I am a I did finance undergrad. And so I have a little bit of a finance background. And then as I came out of um, college and started my internship um, right out of school, I was a financial analyst. And so um, it's been a long time since I flexed some of those muscles, um, but a little bit, a little bit of it's coming back. And the um, the other thing that's been interesting is even though I had familiarity with what I would say is the math of it, um, looking at it through the lens that we're looking at it now is totally new for me, you know, and so um, I understood um, discount rates and net present value and hurdle rates and what those things meant uh, mathematically, but to apply those in a setting where you're um, evaluating, you know, sort of an organizational strategy or something like that, that's a different animal. And so that's been kind of cool to to dust off some stuff that I think, hey, I, I kind of know how this works, but I'm using it in a totally different way. Um, so it's been kind of cool. Yeah, I appreciate that point. I think sometimes people really anchor to that maybe prior undergrad experience. So we try to say it's not the not the same thing here. You're really going to be focused on the managerial decision, not just the math of it, but then so the so what? Like what what do we do with yeah. this? Like what it's how like, does well, this inform our decision? Congratulations, you can calculate the number. Now what? And that's where it's different, you know. Absolutely. Well, well, Jimmy, tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you and what's your yeah. background? You bet. So um, I am born and raised here in central Arkansas, um, 40 years old. Everybody's surprised to hear that when I tell them how old I am. I'm, I'm um, getting up there. Um, but, you know, um, been at my current organization. So I work for Delta Dental of Arkansas. Um, we are a, a dental insurance company. 
Um, obviously based here in Little Rock. I have been here for 18 years. Um, started off working here right out of college uh, as an intern. Um, did not think that I wanted to get into the insurance industry. Um, actually wanted to be a, a financial advisor. That was my my plan. And um, had the opportunity to do an internship, get a little bit of experience. Um, actually got some class credit that applied to my degree and I didn't have any tests. And so as a college kid long ago, that sounded like a really good, uh, really good uh, setup and uh, fell in love with the company that I work for. And gosh, it's been a whirlwind. Um, so uh, like I said, I've been here for about 18 years. I've done a little bit of everything. Um, I was an underwriter straight out of college, uh, then a financial analyst for a period of time. Um, I was a business analyst, which is kind of a has a bit of a financial, it's like a financial analyst, but a technical spin. Um, so I was doing more um, script writing and a um, uh, little bit more high tech kind of work. Uh, found myself in the leadership role, probably about six years or so into my career, um, managing our underwriting and our analytics team. That was a lot of fun. I did that for five, six years, something like that. Um, and then kind of took a pivot and moved into uh, government programs, um, found myself responsible for uh, chasing a big government contract, something that was brand new for our company, um, had never done it before myself, company obviously had never done it before either. That was an adventure. Um, we ended up ultimately being successful. So then I ran government programs for a little while, another adventure. Um, and then after that role, I stepped into an operations role and so kind of expanded my my scope of responsibility and uh, was formerly the vice president of operations here, managed all of our internal ops, um, everything that you think about that an insurance company does. We, you know, we we did that. And then earlier last year, it's been almost a year ago now, I actually moved into the role that I'm in now. And so my current position is vice president of strategic customer solutions. Um, and essentially what this job is allowing me to do is take my background in all of these different areas and kind of apply it forward um, to our external stakeholders. And so I manage all of our information technology function. Um, I'm responsible for system strategy. So, you know, as you, as you think about an insurance company, the technology that we use is a really, really important part of our business. It's, it's, it's the backbone of how we do what we do. And so making sure that we've got um, systems in place that allow our staff to be efficient and effective, uh, that provide a good experience for our stakeholders outside of the organization. That's really, really important. And so I spend a lot of my time focused on that. Um, I also manage uh, relationships with a couple of our largest clients just because um, I like doing that stuff and, I, and I, I've had done it for a long time. And so I get to work with those two customers and make sure that we're meeting their needs and that we keep them happy. Um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm studying for class, um, uh, I guess almost through the third quarter now, um, there at Darden. And so really enjoying that. So, you know, that's a lot about my, um, work experiences and, and sort of, uh, what I've been doing since I came out of college, um, on a more personal note, um, happily married, uh, actually met my wife in college. Uh, we're both from here in central Arkansas. Uh, she's a school teacher by trade, so she taught school for a few years uh, when we were first married, um, and we had a little boy, and so she spends a lot of her time uh, staying home, taking care of him, um, probably more importantly, taking care of me, you know, keeping me straight. So 
Um, our son is seven. He's fantastic. He's a he's a great little guy. Uh, he's been playing basketball, loving that. Um, just started playing soccer, so we just kicked off the new soccer season. Um, and so, you know, as as a hu husband and a father, you know, balancing all this stuff is is uh, challenging. And so, um, the the program at Darden, while demanding and and rewarding, you know, it really requires you to manage your time well. And so, uh, my family is important to me, and and I would not be able to do it without my wife. Um, it's very hard, you know, sometimes to find uh, family time, and and so you try to prioritize uh, a weekend when you can spend some time with them, or making a soccer practice, or going to a game. You know, you squeeze those in where you can. And uh, she's my rock. Luckily, she she creates that support structure that really allows me to to do that. And so um, it's just a part of the journey. You know, uh, it's one of the things I love about this program is you get academic growth, but then that, you know, professional growth. And so feels like um, our family is also, you know, learning and growing through this experience and um, looking forward to the adventure as it continues to unfold. But that's a little bit about me, you know, born and raised here in central Arkansas, a beautiful place. Arkansas is a great state. Um, but I am following, falling in love with Virginia. Um, Virginia is gorgeous. Um, sort of becoming my home away from home, so to speak. Had you spent much time in the D.C. area? Or had you been to Charlottesville before? You know, I had. Um, it's a good question. I had never been to Charlottesville. I had been to D.C. Um, probably half a dozen times or so, uh, usually for a conference or a client meeting or something of that nature. And I'd never really gotten to experience the D.C. area. Um, I was, it was always very focused and we went and we met and we left. And, and so you didn't really get to experience it. And I'd never been to Charlottesville before. And so. Getting to go to the kickoff there on campus was awesome. Um, it was uh, for a guy like me, I, I went to a small school in undergrad and um, had never really seen anything like that. And so to have the opportunity to go and see something that was like that and just make you feel like you're part of the university. Um, I love that. I just I, I was like, OK, this is great. And then D.C., I was a little bit worried, you know, because I'm like, D.C. is a beautiful city, but it's not going to be that main campus. What's that going to be like? You know, how's that going to feel? And it's been it's been fantastic. It's different. You know, it's a completely different flavor. Um, but you really feel like you're you feel like you're part of the university. Um, you feel like you're an extension of the university. And um, the cohort's been amazing. The city's beautiful. Um, actually getting to enjoy it, you know, and go do stuff. That's been fun. So it's been it's been more than I expected. Well, Jimmy, how did you decide that an MBA was the right next step for you? Oh, that's the question, right? Um, so, old guy like me, man, you've been you've been in the business for a little while. Uh, why now? Honestly, whenever I first came out of undergrad, I had full intentions of of getting a master's. I always wanted to. Um, wasn't sure what end, but I, I felt like an MBA was probably the right fit based on my career path and and what I was trying to do. And my original plan was is that. I was going to graduate. I was going to get a little bit of experience, just take some time off. And then I was going to go back to school and finish my MBA. And then really my career took over. Um, I was very blessed early on. And then I found myself working in a lot of interesting projects and doing some really fun and exciting stuff. But it was very demanding. And um, I got some promotions pretty quick. And, and I looked up and um, five years went by and I hadn't, you know, just time goes by and then you you get married and you have kids and your job just gets bigger and the demands on your time get 
more robust and all that spare time you were waiting for to go back to school and get your degree, it it never arrives. And so you find yourself um, not doing it. That's what happened to me is I just never I never went back and did it. Well, as my career progressed on, I found myself and especially in the last three years, I found myself reflecting on, you know, how do I continue to grow and learn as a professional? So much of my development, while I didn't realize it in the moment, much of my development professionally had really been in in my work. So many of the positions that I held, they were new positions that had never existed before. And so it was stretching me and it was stretching the organization. And I had I had had this continuous cycle of development and growth along the way. But that can only take you so far. And so uh, as I stepped into this new role and I began working with a new leader here inside our organization, you know, we began to ask ourselves, how do I continue to grow and how do I continue to develop? And honestly, an MBA was not the first thing we thought of. Um, We looked at, you know, different programs where I could go spend some time here or go work on this. And those things would sort of help me grow and learn. and, And it just wasn't broad enough. You know, there were so many things that I really wanted to try to learn more about. And as professionally, as I find my responsibilities continuing to expand, needing to better understand how other functional areas work is super important. And I couldn't find that. I could find something very narrow, but I could not, I couldn't find anything with the right amount of breadth. Um, And that's when we began to explore MBA programs. And it actually started, it was an innocent conversation. As we were talking about what to do, I made a comment. I said, you know, I always wanted to get my MBA and I never did it. And my leader, she, she caught that very quickly and she helped me find um, the path and and realized that maybe this was the right, um, you know, the right way to, to think about it. And so um, that's what got the ball rolling. And like anything in life, I began to do research and um, talk with other people and, and really, uh, I would say, vet this out as a possibility. And the more that I did it, the more it felt right. And eventually got to that point where I said, OK, it's it's um, not going to be easy, but to really get out of this, what I want to get out of this, I think this is the right move. Um, and, and that's how we settled on pursuing an MBA. All right. Well, the, the natural next question is, what what landed you on Darden? How did you decide Darden was the right place for you? That is the I get that question often. Um, <laughs> and and, you know, it's it's a fair question. You know, like what it, what makes someone um, in central Arkansas? How do you pick Darden? How do you land on that? So I had a few goals in mind whenever I, whenever I began to pursue an MBA with intention. And one was I wanted, I wanted to get out of Arkansas. Um, you know, I'm born and raised here. I have a, a dense professional network here. Um, my friends and family are all here. And I felt like to really get to really maximize the value of this experience, because so much of this for me is more than just what I learned in the class. It is everything outside of that, too. And so the people that I meet, places that I see, um, the experience itself, I wanted to to squeeze as much out of that as I could. And I felt like getting out of my comfort zone, which is Arkansas, this is, you know, where, I, where I'm from, was the way to do that. And so um, I began to look outside of the state and I started to look at different schools and different programs and eventually narrowed the list down to four or five that I felt like really um, were top-notch business schools that would challenge me, but also be rewarding at the same time, uh, that logistically fit for me, that was a place that I could get to, 
that offered um, a schedule that would work for my life, both personally and professionally. And that list, like I said, was fairly short. Um, one of the things that I, I was that was really important for me was to find a place where I could be in person um, with members of my cohort. I felt like to really fully be able to build relationships with people, a um, an online only program wasn't really the right fit. However, given that I was going to be traveling um, from so far away, meeting together in person um, every weekend also probably wouldn't really be feasible. And so I needed something that gave me the right kind of blend where I could have some remote learning, but then we could come together in person and um, really kind of immerse ourselves as a, as classmates in, in our cohort. And that narrowed the list even more. And so I got down to a point where there were, there were a handful of schools that checked that box. And then I just started going to them. I went to check them out, you know, and so um, I spoke with you. Uh, you actually answered some questions for me very early on. Uh, I got to meet the admission staff at each school and uh, I went and visited campuses for four different schools. I sat in and audited classes, um, not really honestly knowing exactly what I was looking for, but I knew I needed something to help me make my decision because I felt, you know, torn and um, I wasn't sure which school would be my favorite. And I'll be totally honest with you. Before I started down that path, Darden was not number one on my list. There was another school that I really thought I was going to end up at. Sitting in the classes with the other classmates and and just feeling what that felt like, uh, whenever I got done, Darden was a clear choice for me. It just felt, it felt like, I was like, these are my kind of people. You know, I enjoyed the conversations. I enjoyed the way that the, the interactions with the professors felt. And um it was easy to make the decision and uh, it was not quite what I expected either. I, I um, joked with my wife when I made the decision, I said, you know, I'm glad I did this because I, this is not what I expected to decide. Um, but I fell in love with the place. It just, it, it felt, it felt right. And I think it's kind of hard to quantify what that is, but you know it when you see it, you know, and that's kind of how I felt. I felt really compelled that it was the right decision. And to be honest with you, everything that I hoped it would be, it's it's paying off to be. Um, I absolutely love my classmates. We've got just some of the most amazing. They're just they're just down to earth. They're easy to talk to, but they've been incredibly smart. Um, really, really enjoy and getting to know these people. I love your point about the value of visiting. We share this with prospective students all the time that if you look at every school on the website level, Right, just how you're encountering them on the internet. Every school kind of sounds the same. You know, everybody's talking about the same stuff. No one's going to say we we don't have a great faculty here. We don't have community here. Everybody's talking about faculty, community, learning experience. But the expression of these things, the culture of each school, is very very different from school to school. And sometimes you have to be in person really to get a feel for that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it surprised me a little. You know, I think I expected. They'll, I mean, they're all pretty much the same, you know, like how different can they be? They're so different. I mean, so different. Um, I actually visited two schools that were within a stone's throw of each other. So different. And I was really amazed at how I came back from those trips and felt completely different than I had before I went in. Um, it was huge for me. Huge for me. Um, so glad that I did it. All right, so you come to Darden. You're now in quarter three of a 10-quarter program, so about six months in or so. Um, approaching the midpoint, though. It'll be here before you before know. you know it, Jimmy. Come on fast. Amazing. Um, 
how's it been so far? What's the adjustment been like? Is it's been an adjustment, uh, but it's been good. You know, I um, I talk with folks here in the office a little bit about this from time to time, and usually the way that I categorize it is it has been very challenging and very rewarding at the same time. Um, you know, one, it was an adjustment to remember what it's like to be a student. And that that took me some time, you know. Um, I think that the buildup and the way that the courses are put together are helpful to kind of help you, you know, build your way into it. Um, I also, it's not lost on me that, you know, the, the classes between within each quarter are structured in a way to give you a little bit of um, to flex different muscles. So you may be very finance and accounting in one and then the other class may be a little softer. And so it kind of gives you a good blend where you're you're able to to um, flex different muscles and think differently and gives you a little relief in one space and you work on the other, you know, and, and I think that's really helped me kind of acclimate um, keeping that balance and learning how to manage my schedule and manage my time and um, developing a routine. It took me a little while, you know, you try um, even technology. I've tried a laptop and an iPad and both and um, our learning teams. We've done Zoom and Teams and, um, and you know, you just try these different things and you eventually find what works for you. And um, so that has been a uh, that's been a, a journey. Um, I, but I feel like I've become a good student again, I think. Um, I think it's going pretty well, but it is, um, you know, it requires commitment. You have to really be ready to really spend time with the material, um, dedicate yourself to your learning team. You know, that's the other thing. Um, I did not fully realize how much I was going to need my learning team. And going through this experience, we actually had this conversation as a group here just a couple of weeks ago. I can't imagine not having them. Um, I know, I mean, they're having babies and we know things, you know, things about each other's lives and we prop each other up and, you know, you can raise your hand and you say, I, I'm not going to be able to to do a thing and someone can help you. And then, you know, that the very next day your, your card might be called too. And so to know that, that we've got each other, um, even just little stuff, you know, uh, um, you want to get away and grab something to eat. You know, you have a team of people that you're close to that you can kind of tap into. That support structure has been fantastic. And that's really, that, that's absolutely been, I think, critical in helping me acclimate um, and, and really find my my groove. I feel like I'm finally settling in. It feels like in the last month or so, I've found this is the cadence that works for me. Um, I know what to do with my work schedule before OGR and then when I get back from OGR and, and how to manage that um, to kind of get the most out of it. And so glad I'm figuring that out now and not at the end, you know, so. Yeah, I would say about four to six months is kind of the length of time that it, based upon the conversations I've had here and, and just in general with executive based students, four to six months is about that time line for you got to figure out the schedule that that works for you but of course every quarter is also kind of its own thing uh you get new classes life will happen work will happen all, all of this um i want to talk about your your schedule for when you're traveling in for the weekend residencies or on grounds residencies ogrs as, as jimmy's referred to them here uh, what does that schedule look like when you fly in how do you how do you think about uh, that so that's another thing, another area where I've experimented. So I've kind of done it different ways. Um, when I so today I can get a direct flight into DC 
I'm from Arkansas and I can do it two different ways. So I can kind of pick my poison. I can come in super early on Friday mornings and I will get to campus about an hour and a half or two hours before homeroom starts. And that works well. You can get up super early and I can leave the house and I can be in class and and I'm off and running. Um, and then I've also come up on Thursday nights. I've come up Thursday mornings um, and then I can get a direct flight back home Sunday night. And so what I've settled on is the I have found that I I don't like to fly up early on Friday morning. It, it's a, a bit of a long day. You know, you have to be at the airport at 5 a.m. And you get to class and then by the end of class, it's been a long day and and I don't feel like I'm able to to stay as engaged. I most of the time have flown up Thursday evening. And so I get to D.C. about eight o'clock or so on Thursday night. Um, I'm rested and ready to go. I can go to Sands Family Grounds for a few hours before homeroom on Friday and I can study, kind of prepare myself. And I have a lot more energy for the day when I do that. Just this last OGR, though, I changed it up yet again. And I flew up early Thursday morning because I am finding I'm not spending enough time experience in D.C. And so what I want to start trying to do is either build in more time before or maybe more time after to just spend some time and get to learn the city and look around. And I have all these friends that live there and I'm like, show me, you know, and so um, I think they'd be happy to do that. And and uh, but I have to make time for that. And so I'm going to try to start doing that more in the future. I enjoyed the last OGR coming up on Thursday and just having a day to spend um, and then get up on Friday and study. It worked out. It worked out really well. What'd you do with your day to explore DC? What's on your Uh, DC bucket list? So uh, I did a little shopping because everybody's got to do some good shopping. If you get some time. Um, I also um, in the future, my plans are to get out. I want to see more of the museums. Um, I'm actually, so next In March, the week leading up to OGR is my son's spring break. And I've convinced him and my wife to come up early with me. And we're going to spend a week in D.C. before class starts. I'm super excited about that. Uh, So we're going to fly up early Monday and they're going to hang out with me um, probably through Thursday. And then they'll head back and then I'll have class that weekend. And so in anticipation of that, I sent a note to our cohort and just said, hey, I have a seven-year-old and my wife's going to be with me and we're going to have four days. What should we do? I couldn't do all the ideas I got back in three, you know, three months. And so I'm super excited. We have a list that we've started um, a number of museums. We're going to go to the zoo. Um, we found some fun, like he's, he's my son's like, can we find an arcade somewhere? And I'm like, okay, sure. So we're going to find something like that. Um, but really, really excited about that trip next month. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Is this your son's first time in D.C.? It will be his first trip. Yep. Okay. Your wife, has she spent much time up here? She, she's been there before, but not a lot of time. Um, one of the things that I'm going to try to see if we can do is one of the the bike rides at night where you can ride around and see the monuments, you know, in the evening. Uh, I think that would be fun. He he would get a kick out of that. And I think it'd be a lot of fun. You've got to bring him up to Sandsville on the grounds and see the view from up there. I, hope. I do. He, yeah. So um, that's actually been something as a dad, having a second grader and going to school have been some interesting conversations. You know, it's kind of cool to be able to come home and say, how was school? And then he says, how was school? And you can, you know, you talk about studying and you talk about, um, I don't know, it's it's given he and I this this brand new place where we can connect and we can relate. 
And I try to take my school experiences and translate them into conversations with him that, you know, he can build. And um, that's been a lot of fun. It's given us some new stuff to talk about. Yeah, that is something that has come up a few times in conversations here on the podcast, where sometimes the kids are a little nonplussed about what their parent is doing because they're like, yeah, I'm in school. Everybody I know is in school. You're in school. Big deal. You know, but then then they eventually figure it out. They go to graduation and they realize, oh, it's a little different here. Yeah. But um, it always makes me chuckle. uh, The sort of school (laughs) school equivalency uh, there. Yeah, I think he believes that I'm, you know, sitting around doing the same stuff he's doing. He's like, I don't understand what the big deal is. So, <laughs> so, um, well, Jimmy, do you have a favorite memory, something that you've really enjoyed from the program thus far? I would say probably my favorite so far, the kickoff week in Charlottesville. As we started to wrap up towards the end, you know, you'd never met these people before. You come together for the first time. And you're trying to form relationships and they're scared and you're scared and like, what's this going to be? And um, and you kind of start to settle in towards the end. Almost everybody in our cohort just went hung out one night. It was like that first time that socially we were just kind of together and the 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 stress and the buildup of what's it going to be like and everybody, you know, like getting started in school. It's kind of off your shoulders. You were approaching the end of that first week. So it was a bit of a celebration. It was kind of like, hey, we can do this, you know? Um, and we just we just went out and had a good time. Um, I really enjoyed that. I and probably resonates with me because I was so nervous about going back to school. And it had uh, been such a long time. And again, can I be a good student? You know, I don't know. Um, and it was just sort of this moment of relief where it's you realize I'm with good people and I can do this and uh, we can, we can have a lot of fun. That was pretty cool. Was it the, the duration of the time uh, since you've been in school that made you nervous? Uh, what was making you feel nervous about? Going yeah, to it was just, it's, it's been so long, you know, I mean, it's been almost 20 years since I was in school. And so um, whenever I was in school, you, you didn't have zoom and, um, everything was paper notepads and, uh, also worried. Um, I think another thing that made me nervous was Darden is such a good school. Um, the academic rigor that's required and just the, the capabilities that you need to have, um, to be successful in my mind, it's, it's a, it's a high bar. And, um, I went to a small school in Arkansas and there was a part of me, I think deep down that wondered, can I fit? Can I keep up? Am I am I talented enough to to be able to hold my own and, and contribute, you know, and be a um, good citizen? And I think I was nervous about that. Um, and I think that was probably part of the other reason that that first week was so good for me because it just it reaffirmed for me that I can do this. Um, it is gonna it is it is gonna be okay, you know. Um, I kind of. I actually remember having a conversation with my wife whenever I came back and I said, you know, um, if you can imagine when you were in school and there were those three or four people that just seemed like they got it and they were so smart and, and you, you wished you could be like them. Now put yourself in a room of 60. That's class. <laughs> you know, um, Then that's cool. Um, and so I was, I think I was a little nervous. Like, can I keep, can I, can I keep, keep up? And, uh, that was probably part of it too. Well, 
all the things you just shared, I think, are very real things for executive MBA students. Uh, so, you know, most of our students have been out of school for a while. And then there is always this moment of like, maybe I'm the one person that just slipped in here. Everybody yeah, else. under the radar. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we, we, we try to remind people that everyone got themselves in the dark. Nope. No one sort of accidentally happened into this class. And you all deserve to be here. But I think it's one thing for us to say it. And I think it's important for us to say it. But I think what's even more important is that a student starts to believe that uh, for themselves. And hopefully that comes early uh, for a student in, in the program. Hopefully it comes during during that first week and they realize, oh, yeah, OK, yeah, I can add something here. I, I, I should be here. I belong here. I'll agree. Well, um, I know it's early, again, six months or so into the program. Do you have a sense of, you know, how you've sort of grown, evolved, changed over this time? Like, what's been the impact of the program for you thus far, Jimmy? One thing that I probably didn't fully expect, but has been good, is being able to take a lot of what we learned and come back to work and actually apply it somewhere. Um, the the amount of overlap is kind of startling. It, it's almost been, I actually have a joke with our our CFO here where it's like, I think we decide to take on new projects based on what Jimmy's learning in school. It almost feels like those things are connected, you know, because um, just like intrinsically, I learned something and then something happens at work and I'm like, hey, I can um, I can actually use this. And, ah, you know, and so that 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 part's been really cool. It because it's asked because I'm asking so much of my schedule, it has really helped me sort of completely revitalize the way that I manage just my own time. Um, and so what I mean by that is something as simple as, um, oh, getting to go to my son's soccer practice last night. Yeah, sometimes I might do that. Sometimes I'm not. Last night I'm going and and I'm there and I'm fully engaged. That's growth for me. And it didn't happen in the classroom, but it's had an impact on my life in a positive way. And um, that's been you know really impactful. But I would say more than anything. For me, it's been the relationships with the people um, getting to meet so many new folks that I feel like an, I can actually connect with and over things where we have common interests and we're, you know, common conversations. That's been for me as a um, as an odd joke, as an old dad, you know, um, getting to to immerse myself in with those people, probably the most rewarding part so far. Um, which I'm actually super happy about because so much of this journey for me was expanding my professional network. You know, it's not just the classroom part. It's it's um, getting to meet other people that I can pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm dealing with something I've never dealt with before. What do you think? And feeling comfortable that you can do that and that they'll answer and that they'll talk to you and, and um, be honest with you. That's a big deal. And that's not easily done. And um, it's been really, for me, it's been really cool to make connections with people and, and form relationships like that so quickly. I mean, you know, we're four months in or so, five months in. And, and so just very quickly find myself there. It's been, that's been cool. I want to come back to what you were talking about with respect to your time and how you use your time. Uh, what changed uh, for you in terms of how you think about it? Why, why a difference? I think it's because, you know, whenever you, when you get to that point where the demands on your time are so great that you have to cherish how you spend it a little bit more, it changes the way you think about it, you know? And so for me, I have to schedule um, 
my my schedule at work is crazy, you know. So I'm like everybody else, where I have um, ten meetings a day, and you you find yourself going, when do I get all the work done? Because the the day is packed full of meetings. So I have that going on, and then I've got um, study time, and then I've got classroom time, and then my son has his busy schedule, so he's um, not always around. And so when you put so much pressure on your own schedule. You find that those places where your the your those moments overlap, where um, a perfect example is yesterday. Um, our office was closed. I was fresh off of an OGR, and I was able to spend um, some time with my wife. We went to lunch. We had a, had a great day. You cherish that more whenever um, it it's not happening as frequently, you know. And so, uh, my family's had to make sacrifices to to allow me to be able to do this and support me. And so finding those windows whenever we're able to just kind of be together and connect, when they happen a little less frequently, you find that you cherish them all that much more. And so um, that's been kind of cool for me to just say, hey, family movie night feels a little different right now um, than it did before. And I don't know. I think that's kind of I think that's kind of cool. It sort of reminds you how much you uh, you love the people that you're with and you like to be around them. And um, I don't know. I think that's what I mean. That makes it makes a lot of sense. I, I've had a lot of conversations with executive MBA students through the years about how much structured, more structured they get with how they use their time as they go through this program. You you very much have to think about what are your non-negotiables, those things that are absolutely going to be on your calendar. Maybe you have to end up scheduling like family time in there, but it has it needs to be there. It's important. It's e- equally important to a class or any of these other things that are competing uh, yeah. for your time. Uh, but it does make you really drill down and sort of think deeply about what's important. Yeah, it does. We have um, so my schedule is kind of formed into we know Wednesday nights kind of family night, you know, because of the way when our study group meets and when classes are, we know and his practices are, you know, it's like Wednesday night. That's a good night. And so um, we've kind of started to schedule it. And so we have game night or something like that. And um, that's been cool. We didn't we 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 have Wednesday night now because and it's a thing. Um, because of the way that we're managing our time. And that's been kind of neat. Well, Jimmy, last question for you here. Uh, what's a piece of advice you would share with our prospective student listeners? Oh, if you're a prospective student, um, I would say do do your due diligence, follow your heart. It's okay to spend time and find a program that fits who you are and what you're about. Um, talk to the professors sit in on a class, talk to other um, classmates or, or former. I actually spoke to, in addition to sitting into classes, I met with recent graduates from every program and I asked them, be real with me. What What's this going to be like? And and they all, they all did that. And that was profoundly helpful for me. Um, and so I would say if I could give you any advice, don't be afraid to be a a detective and, um, you know, really check it all out and find that program that fits you and your circumstances and your your personal life and your professional life. Um, the, the reward in doing that will be significant. Um, and sometimes it's easy to fall trapped to uh, it's college. They're all the same. They're not. And um, spend spend your time uh, looking. Uh, it'll pay off for you. 
Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for your time. It's great talking with you as always. Great seeing you this past weekend and look forward to seeing you again in just a few weeks in, in March for your next weekend residency. Good luck with exams. Thank you so much. It was good to see you too. Thank you for letting me come on. And that was my interview with Jimmy Anthony, a first year student in our executive MBA class of 2025. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We reached that exec. That's E-X-E-C, MBA at dart.virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.